fears hold you back from doing something, whether it be taking a step of faith or even having a conversation with your spouse. How about the fears that make you uncertain in your calling or in your ability to do the task that's set before you? Well, over the next several weeks, David and I are going to tackle some of those fears that so easily derail our families and homeschool and try to give you really actionable ideas to overcome them. Hey there, everyone. Welcome to the Teach Them Diligently podcast. We're David and Leslie Nunnery, and we are so glad you're joining us today. We wanted to invite you to download a free ebook about goal setting for parents. Now, through that book, you're going to find not only some incredible insights that will help you refine your vision as a family, but it will also serve as a great setup for the heart school class we offer to really equip you to do your job even more successfully. You can sign up to receive that ebook at teachthemdiligently.net forward slash goals. But before we get started on today's episode, here is a quick message from today's sponsor, Alpha Omega Publications. Go from online to anywhere with Monarch Online Curriculum from AOP. Prepare your child for what's possible with an online homeschool curriculum that's designed with the future in mind. Available for grades 3 through 12, Monarch gives you fully planned lessons with automatic grading, while an enriching, personalized educational experience inspires and challenges all students to reach their full potential. Plus, with one-click rescheduling, Monarch's calendar can be easily updated to fit your family's busy schedule. Start a no-risk 30-day free trial today at monarch.aop.com. For those who are not used to listening into the podcast, they may not understand exactly how special this is. But for those of you who have been with us for a while, you know that I don't get David on here that much. So David, I am so excited that you have finally finally given in to my begging and pleading and you're joining me today. It's been, it's been about a year. I know. It's been a long time. And all you had to do was threaten food. I know. I did tell him that I wouldn't feed him lunch today until he came up and recorded with me. So now now so, my secret is so, out. <laughs> so here so here I am. That's right. I, I knew exactly what I could uh, use as that pressure point. Well, we are, we are really excited. With this new season of the Teach Them Diligently podcast, we are actually planning some really special things. We have some great guests lined up that will be joining us each week. But then also David and I wanted to start doing some series where we walk through some things that we have found to be particularly of interest or of note with homeschool families and just kind of break out what we've learned through these things. And and hopefully you'll find them to be a great help to you and your family. Um, So over the next several weeks, we are going to be doing a series on fears. We have we've just found that to be a really big deal to a lot of people. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I I uh remember you doing a webinar uh maybe a year and a half ago. Yeah, it's been a while. And you were talking about fears and how big of a deal they are. And I actually downplayed it a little bit. You okay? So not to say that he downplayed <laughs> it a little bit is is not. He didn't think that I should include it. I'm like, no, you don't understand. This is a really big deal. Plus, I used the word "banish fear" that he thought was over top, 
or over the top, but it proved that that really well, was so, a big deal because the comments went nuts in that webinar when I started talking about fear. Yes, and so I was uh, I was wrong. Okay, <laughs> we just let that simmer for a second. Yeah, we need to. Should I say it and then just have a little bit of silence <laughs> there for no, a minute? No, it's all right. It's okay. all right. So, um, so I I've I downplayed it. I don't know whether it's uh, being a guy or what, but the idea of fears, I you know, you just you, you don't talk about them much. Right. And I don't think you understand that really the impact of it. But the other thing about this is, is that, you know, take this friend that I had, that I have, I was talking to him earlier today, and he was asking for prayer regarding his daughter that was dealing with uh, night terrors. And I think that's the way we think about fears. When you say fears, we think about these you know, blood curdling screams kind of, I am terrified yeah. of this. And it's not necessarily something that has that impact on you. It may cause you to hesitate for a right. moment, or it may become a barrier, or you may use it as evidence or or whatever to try to talk yourself out of doing yeah. something. Yeah, And it qualifies as a fear, but you don't necessarily register that as a fear. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Satan has a rather limited bag of tricks. Uh, he uses them in creative ways, but causing fear, introducing fear, I think is one of his main go-tos because he knows that he can trip us up by making us second guess things or not have conversations, be afraid of of whatever. There's a whole lot of things, not, not take a step forward because we're afraid of disappointing someone or letting them down or something like that. And, you know, so before we dive in, I just want to to kind of remind all of us as we're defining fear, as we're looking at what it really means, that over 365 times in the Bible, God tells us, do not fear, do not fear over and over. And, and you know, we, we don't just need to stop there. As you're looking through, we see again over and over why we don't have to fear. We don't have to fear because the God of the universe, the one who has the power to, to put the words in our mouth or to create a situation. And, and work it out correctly, that same God will never leave us nor forsake us. And as moms and dads who know the Lord, we need to always go back to that foundational truth that, that all of these things that we're going to talk about in the weeks ahead, all of these fears that we are, you know, we're rightfully concerned about, you know, there, there are reason to think about it, but not to allow it to trip us up because the one who calls us is faithful to go with us and to empower us to do exactly what he's called us to do. Absolutely. And the impact that these fears may have on us are going to be subtle in a lot of ways. Yeah. It's not going to be Night terrors. Yeah, it's not going to be night terrors. It's going to have a subtle impact on you, at least to start with. Yeah. And you may not even realize that it's a fear that is impacting you, that is causing you to stop, but it is. Mm. And that you were talking about Satan, a lot of the tools that he brings to bear on you, it has a very subtle impact on you to start. You don't even realize necessarily what is happening to you before you are full-blown stop and you are paralyzed and you can't move forward mm. and you may not even understand exactly how you got there. So it is a very subtle thing yeah. in, in most cases. Well, and, and sometimes these fears actually just make you delay to take the step that you, you really feel like you need to, to take until 
perhaps the opportunity has passed you by, the window is closed, or you know, things are different than they were when you initially started thinking about it. So these fears, like you said, is kind of nuancy sometimes in the way that they show up, but they always impact, they impact relationships. They impact, you know, the way that we live our lives. They impact our peace of mind because it's these fears that is leading to so much anxiety mm. in people day in and day out. So it can, fear can often make us do things that we wouldn't normally do or keep us back from doing things that we would normally do. And I loved that uh, in your Dig Deeper email that you sent this week, that if you if you aren't reading our Sunday night emails or sometimes Monday morning emails, make sure you're checking your inbox for those because there's a lot of really helpful information in them. But but this week, I remember, David, you talked about digging deeper and and you you shared a story about how Lila had just come home from camp and and she had this little book that she bought because so many of her friends were struggling with anxiety, which she's 14. The fact that she was sensitive to her friends struggling with anxiety is really telling and really, really underscores the need to talk about these things. But how does anxiety and fear relate to one another? When somebody is anxious, uh, there's a lack of gratitude. There's lack of realization exactly how many good things God has done in your life. And you have to remember that in Thanksgiving, there is this underlying belief, belief that God is good and that his love endures forever. And it does not stop. So no matter what you're going through, God is good and his love endures forever. So if you are going through some sort of a hardship, if there's night terrors, if there's a very subtle kind of fear that you might have, your belief that God is good and that his love endures forever is going to anchor you. And is going to actually develop in, in, in Thanksgiving in you because you start thinking about what God has done in your life that you are thankful for. So when you start with this idea that God is good and that his love endures forever, you're thankful. And anxiety kind of has this foundation of thinking about what you lack. Mm. You lack security. You lack confidence. You lack love. You lack this belief that you're actually making decisions with a firm foundation with the support of others, that you're all by yourself. So you lack any kind of support or friendship or anything. Hmm. So anxiety has this foundation in what you lack, hmm. where Thanksgiving has a foundation in what you have. And so you start focusing on what you have, the good things that you have in your life, no matter how small they might be, when you start thinking about those things, they multiply. You start making connections. And when you start making connections between things that are good in your life, they don't add up. They multiply out. And it starts impacting you in all kinds of ways. And so when, when I talk about Thanksgiving, I'm actually encouraging people to list out the things that they're thankful for. But you don't just say, I'm thankful for my wife. I'm thankful for my brother. I'm thankful for my husband. You actually list out what you are thankful for regarding your wife or your, what you're thankful for regarding your son. I am thankful that Camden has stayed in contact with us, even though he is a long ways away from us right now. It's not just this idea of, I'm thankful for my son. He's a good kid. It's, 
I'm thankful for this specific thing. And it makes it very real for you. And so anxiety cannot stand in a demeanor or in a mind that is set on Thanksgiving. It just completely wipes it out. So it really has been amazing as I've watched you study and learn and grow and write more and more about the power of gratitude and thanksgiving and how many different things it truly does dispel. And and so as we talk about fears in the days ahead, I'm sure that there will be that common theme of how gratitude impacts each of these little areas that we're going to be talking about because like he like you noted these two things can't coexist. This fear of, of failure, whatever. If you have a foundation of who God is, what he has done, what he is doing, and, and you are rehearsing these things over and over, it really does help dispel an awful lot of these fears. So when, when David was going through very difficult times, when he's being chased by Saul, That was the most prolific time of him writing Thanksgiving Psalms. And the reason why that was, was because he was set on this idea that God is good and that his love endures forever. And therefore, it completely framed the way he looked at Saul. I mean, you got to keep in mind, David had been promised that he was going to be king. But it had been like seven years before that. And I know that I would struggle with actually believing that what God had promised was really going to happen if it had been seven years mm-hmm. since I had had that promise. And you're now you have been kicked out of the court of the king. You have lost your position as the captain of the guard. You're being chased and you know it. You know you can't go home because there's going to be people looking for you. And so by going home, you're going to put your family in danger. You start going through all these things in your mind. And yet David starts talking about what he's thankful for. And yeah, he does go through all these things that are going through his life that he was not happy about. But he always seemed to end these Psalms with, God is good and his love endures forever. I will thank the Lord. He was determined to thank the Lord. And this is tied into your fears because when you're fearful, it has that root in anxiety, which Again, you start thinking about what you lack. And so usually when we, I mean, when we go through these different things, you can roll back around really quick to start talking about what you lack. You start looking at what do you lack that resulted in that fear? Yeah. And so if you, you know, to play ahead a little bit here, if you have fear of disappointing somebody like your husband or your wife, when you make a decision, your fear really is that you don't have support that you are sticking your your neck out all by yourself and you're afraid that you're going to get hammered for that. Yeah. And so you're, you lack support. That is what has caused that fear. Yep. Yep. Well, and you actually have just set up, we wanted today to, to tackle one of the fears that uh, so many homeschool families, actually it's not just homeschool families, it's, it's families in general, whether you're looking at starting homeschooling, actually homeschooling, you know, making parenting decisions and that kind of thing. A lot of couples are really, really concerned about being on the same page. They have a a true fear of being at odds with their spouse over decisions or the way that things run. 
the guys and the girls are always different. The husbands and the wives are always different. They always come at it from a different vantage point, different point of view. So how do we stay on the same page? How do we overcome that fear? Because if we just... If we just get mired in the fear, we're not going to do anything because we're dancing around each other, um, trying to avoid offending one another or having conversations that are hard or whatever. So today we wanted to talk a little bit about that fear of not being on the same page as your spouse and how that can impact you in the way that you parent, the way that you run your family, the way that you homeschool and so on. Well, we run into this a lot with with our homeschool events. There's this um, not just I need to check with my husband or wife before I make this decision regarding buying some curriculum or buying a book or buying a course or buying, you know, whatever this decision might be, the decision to homeschool. I would homeschool, but, you know, my husband or wife refused to to follow me on this decision. Mm-hmm. Um, I would, um, well, go or this... I, I decided to homeschool, but we fight all the time about it. Cause my husband or my wife, depending on who's talking, thinks that they need to be in public school or they're not getting the socialization or whatever the argument, the big argument is from the other side. So some people have opted to push forward, creating that conflict without first of all, getting on the same page um, regarding whether it be homeschooling or, or any other decision that they're making. And, and that that can be really, really devastating to a marriage. Yes. And I, th- I think really when we talk about being on the same page, we're actually talking about goals. And, you know, I don't know how many really in-depth conversations where we had like this moment where we wrote down every single, we were very methodical and going through. I don't think we ever really had like this moment where we had a meeting and, and everything and, Hey, this is going to, you know, we're going to mark this on our calendars and this is going to be our goal day that we are going to spend all of our time (laughs) working through our goals. I don't remember ever doing that. Do you? Well, I I always had to threaten you with not getting lunch. Well, that helps. helps, (laughs) But I do believe that we definitely did this and we would have conversations, whether it was just a very casual thing right before we went to bed or, you know, uh, we were we were out somewhere or we were walking around downtown or we were hiking. There was this stuff would come up. Mm-hmm. And so there was never any doubt about what our goal was. And I think when people talk about goals, they think about one single thing. And a goal is actually has many different layers to it. A really good goal has a lot of different layers to it. Well, and and I think that as we're as we're starting to explore this a little bit and, and discuss how to get on the same page and so on, I, I don't want to jump over the fact that in order to get there, there has to be a level of trust in that partnership, trust in the other person. I know that this is something that the Lord has really, really pointed out to me through the years. As as the wife in this duo, I have to be willing and 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 actually commit myself to trusting you as the husband in this duo. I have to trust God's plan. God has structured our family. I have to trust the fact that God is working in your heart just as he's working in mine. And and I have to trust that I can allow him to do that work and I don't have to do it for him. And so I think that 
and that goes both ways. I'm talking from the wife's perspective, of course, but but having that that baseline layer of trust in one another is what actually sets you up as a couple to come to decision points, to set goals, to to recognize how God is leading your family so that you can do it in tandem. Because if you are at odds, if there is a lack of trust, if there's a constant jockeying for position and kind of that alpha role in whatever the decision is, then I think you're going to find a lot more conflict and a lot less clarity, no matter what you're approaching. Yeah, I I think you could probably circle back around to what I was saying earlier, where you are going through a really difficult time and you look at the Lord and you say, uh, God is good and his love endures forever. Well, there's an element of trust in that. Mm-hmm. And so if you believe that God is good and his love endures forever, then you start thinking back to what you're going through. And it puts a completely different frame on it with the same situation where you're looking at your spouse and you go, hey, I trust them because this is what their ultimate goal is, or this is what they're thinking, or this is what motivates them. This is what their character is like. It's going to frame everything from that point forward. Right. And so you can actually make a little bit of a connection there. And I think that, well, first of all, just to talk about the goals real quick, it's really important to have a really good big why. Why are we doing this? And so what is our goal in raising our kids? And ours has always been discipleship. We wanted to have our children understand who God is, why Jesus Christ redeemed them, that uh, God has a plan for them, and they need to commit themselves to it, and they need to trust the Lord. And love Him and love people with all their heart. And so that Everything that they do is not checking boxes. It is an overflow of the love that is in their heart, first of all, for God and all that he has done for them, and then for the people that God created in his own image. Yes, absolutely. And so uh, let's jump to when you're talking about goals, you know, a lot of people think about New Year's and they think about New Year's resolutions and they think about how they have had all these New Year's resolutions and they've never been able to actually fulfill the new year res- new year resolution well in a lot of cases the reason why you're not able to fulfill that particular goal is because the big why on having that goal is really doesn't mean very much to you it's not big enough right and so if you are talking about something like getting up early in the morning well it is not worth it sometimes to you because you're not thinking about getting up early your big why is not big enough for that Mm -hmm. and it's not worth all of the the headaches and uh going to bed early and putting people aside and you know kicking kids out of your room and whatever else, setting everything up to be able to get up early. It's not worth that. Right. But if you are looking at getting up early in light of your big mission of, okay, I need to get up early so that I can spend time with the Lord so that I am prepared to shepherd the hearts of my children and to to do what God has called me to do day in and day out, then that kind of refashions all the way that you're approaching that that goal, that little goal of getting up early. So you have now changed that goal that you have. You have raised it that much more. This is not a small thing anymore. This is a big deal. This is a piece to do your bigger goal. That's right. So it's really important when you're thinking about these goals, 
So again, we are talking about being on the same page with your your husband or wife in terms of fear of disappointing them, fear of them getting upset with you, fear of not being on the same page with them. So when you talk about goals, your big why is where you start. And so if your goal is, I just want to socialize my kids, I just want my kids to have friends. We all want our kids to have friends. But that kind of diminishes yeah. the whole idea. Yeah. You need to think about your education des- uh, decisions in terms of what my big why is. Yeah. And that doesn't mean I'm not trying to tear down people that have made decisions, especially in the last year regarding education, because they've gotten angry at a teacher or they're sick and tired of the public school system or Whatever. Well, this virtual learning thing is the for the Virtual birds. learning thing. I'm not trying to tear that down. What I'm trying to say is, is that you need to look at your homeschool and your education decisions. And not just that. Do I send my kids to camp or not? What church do I go to? What church do I not go to? What kind of job does the husband have? What kind of job does the wife have? What kind of place do we live in? What kind of friends do we have? What kind of friends do my kids have? You think about your big why, and then you relate it back to all those other decisions. And the only things that you do is what supports your big why. And so if it doesn't support your big why, it's gone. Yep. Or we need to change here. Right. So if you and your spouse have gotten on the same page, which which I hope that you did way back when your kids were born, you know, what is our goal with our family? And that's going to grow. Let me tell you that your vision for your family when your kids are little is very small compared to as God grows you along with your kids. We've always said we've grown up with our children, but as God grows you and your family through all of these different stages, your view for what God wants to accomplish and what your goals are really expands. But as you're able to 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 get on and stay on the same page with your spouse about those big things, you know, our big goal of preparing our children to you know, be able to launch out into this world, loving God, loving people, knowing him well, all of these things, then the the decisions about education, the decisions about, you know, how we organize our days, all of those things are less stressful conversations because like David noted, they fit up under that big goal that we've already yes. come to. So the idea of, am I going to do this particular thing? You just make that decision in light of your big why. Yep. And therefore, you've already decided with your husband or wife what that big why is going to be. And so therefore, that fear of not being on the same page, that fear of them actually being disappointed in you starts to dissipate. Yep. And you are making decisions with a plan. You have now, now you're not lacking support. Mm-hmm. You're not isolated. Mm-hmm. You're making this decision basically with them and with their support because it supports the big why. Yeah. And even when they start questioning you, you can say, well, I did this because of this, Yeah. because you and I talked about this and I thought this was the best decision based off of that. And, and it, it reframes and refashions all of those conversations. It so, really does. So, But I also really want to kind of double back to that element of trust 
because it, I think that we would be remiss if we talk about goals. And I'm actually, I, I actually told everybody where to find that goals ebook, but I'm going to link that ebook in the show notes because David really breaks down what each layer of these goals are and how to achieve them. It's, it's fascinating and it will be so helpful for your family. But as we're kind of winding down on time, I, I think we're remiss to not go into the relational aspect of this. This is the habit being on the same page as far as goals and combating that fear of not being on the same page with your spouse, disappointing, whatever. That really largely comes down to the relationship that you're fostering within your home day in and day out with your spouse. So for the minutes that we have left, a couple of minutes, I just wanted to share some of the things that that really helps a spouse set, a set of spouses stay on the same page relationally. You know, there is an intimacy in marriage. There is a a friendship. There is a relationship that has to be tended. And I think that a lot of friction comes into a relationship when we forget that, you know, all of these kids came along because I liked their daddy first, you know, and we forget to invest in that really most important human relationship to be grateful for it, as you talk about so often, to to let the other person know how grateful we are for them, because that just reinforces that trust, reinforces that bond and makes everything easier. And I think time. You know, yes. and, and you need to spend time with people that you care for, that you want to have intimacy with. You need to spend time with them. And, and time that's not distracted time, not time where you're constantly picking up your phone and every buzz you're looking at, you know, what's coming in. And, you know, this is time where you're really, really investing in your spouse and then, you know, also in your children and so on. Uh, there are so many things that, uh, well, I mean, we're all so busy. Right. And, you know, you have this question of how am I going to fit all this stuff in? How am I going to have time to do this? Well, it gets to a point where if you start looking at certain things, you have to say that this is worth pushing everything else out of the way to do this thing. And that was one of the reasons why I went back to time. When you're talking about intimacy with your spouse, you need to actually push things out of the way and make this happen. Mm -hmm. You're not going to have time to do it if you start listing out everything you have to get done and you start thinking about, you know, all the things that are in your life and all the challenges and the ministries and the church and the education, all this stuff, mm -hmm. you're not going to have time for yeah. it when you start listening to all that stuff. Well, you have to literally push things yeah. out of the way and say, here we are. Yeah. And, do this. and if you're only time invested in your spouse, any conversation, anything like that is as you're getting ready for bed, I, for me, I am, I'm really tired. I'm not having my best conversations at that point. You're, you're winding down. That's not always the best time to start discussing these big picture things. So, so really making the time. I know for you and me, um, we have often, often, almost every year, we have gone off on planning retreats. We have had like a preschool planning retreat where we would, the kids would stay with my parents and David and I would go off for a weekend or whatever. And it was not only a great time for our marriage to just kind of 
reconnect, really invest in our marriage relationship, but also to to plan and look ahead at the the year that's that we're standing on the precipice of and and looking back and and making tweaks. But it took time away where we could really have long, extended, uninterrupted conversations in order for us to be able to do that. And and I can't recommend that highly enough is finding time to go away with your spouse regularly, even when your kids are young. Find a way to make that happen. Uh, if, if finances are a problem, have a staycation, stay at home, but but try to find a way to, to let your kids stay at your parents or you know, an aunt and uncles or a good friends or something so that you can have time to really invest in that relationship and get on the same page. I think it, it will help you more than you can ever imagine. And it's a good... It was always a good excuse to get to the woods. It us. was. We would always rent a cabin in the in the woods, <laughs> which is our favorite thing to do. Yeah. Um, well, we are we are running very low on time. I appreciate your hanging out with us today and and talking about the fears of not being on the same page. Um, I encourage you to download that ebook. You can find it at teachthemdiligently.net forward slash goals. And that will walk you through not only what a goal actually looks like and how to construct it at all four layers, but also how to get on the same page, how to start implementing these things. There's a lot of practical insight and information about goals in that ebook. And then once you go through it, I invite you to join me for Heart School. That is a course that I wrote um, that really expands on what we talked about here today. We've We will start foundationally with why you're homeschooling, how to get your spouse on the same page, what to do if you're not. Uh, We talk about the practical side of including your children in the ministry of what you're doing, and then how all of that and so much more factors into the nuts and bolts of homeschooling and helping you make decisions on curriculum and organization and how you set up your day and so much more based on foundational truths that we talked about early in the class. So uh, if you have not yet checked out Heart School, I encourage you to do that. You can find that at teachthemdiligently.net forward slash heart school. Um, so be sure you check that out. And and we hope that you'll join us again next week as David and I look at another couple of fears that death so easily beset us in our homeschooling and in our families. So we uh, invite you back then and hope that until then you have a wonderful rest of your week. And we look forward to talking to you again really soon.